Bruce Lee County. Yeah, Bruce Lee County. (laughs) There you go. Yes, I want you to suggest that. Oh, we're recording, so I guess you already did. So COVID's back. Return of the COVID. Yeah. Um, we ran a story in the rant yesterday that... Uh, you should put the Return White of House, the Mac in the background. The White <laughs> House Coronavirus Task Force has uh, singled out eight counties in North Carolina as worrisome, and one of them was Lee County. We posted that story yesterday, and it it led to some to some back-and-forth comments on our on our Facebook page, but... I don't mean to sound like a one of those people that's going to sound like it's not as bad as it sounds, but if you look at 567 cases in a county our size, that is bad, and it, it does come out to nine cases per thousand people. And I know that does that doesn't sound terrible, but then consider this: at any given moment, there are what 500 people inside a Walmart. 500 cool. people is probably their capacity right now. And so if you just take the law of averages there and consider and maybe pretend that everybody, blah, 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 then um, then four and a half of those people either have had or have the virus. But I guess where I'm going to sound like um, not quite as worried is that 560 plus number is people who have had it and have recovered from it. And if you look at the current number of people who have it, Officially, that number is still around 167, which is low for a county our size. Not low, but it's a lot lower than 500. And so you look at that number and you think, well, maybe it's not as bad as that 500 number sounds. But I think what the White House is worried is because our numbers are not going down. What do you think of that, Gordon? I know you, you actually study these numbers a lot more than I do. Why do you think the concern is there? Well, you said it, the numbers aren't going down. We had uh, flattened out pretty pretty big, and then what did we, we've been back up in about two and a half, three weeks now. Yeah. So, and in that time, numbers have gone up again. I mean, you're, you're getting a lot of double-digit days, a lot of days with cases in the – new cases in the double digits. Yeah. And – You think about it early on, we, we were alarmists when we had our first double digit day and then when we hit 19 that one day it was goodness and now a 13 to 20 positive test day just seems like kind of the norm here <laughs> and we only get riled up again when it hits like the 30s and the 40s so i wonder if the projection or what's causing their concern is like the proportion of lee county residents who work in like factory facilities like yeah that could have something to do with it there could be some kind of like we have a lot more per capita maybe that work in congregate areas yeah, there, there could be some kind of economic data that indicates yeah. the type of workforce we have and it's, uh, might, we may might... be giving the white house a little too much credit though. it's it's <laughs> a little it's a little frustrating well it's funny when we say White House, it's the task force, which I oh, think, okay. which I think uh, Trump, didn't he try to kill that immediately? Like, <laughs> like what, you know, after a month, he wiped his hands and said, we, we, we squashed the, the virus. And then he, uh, I think he attempted to end the coronavirus task force. Uh, I guess it never happened, though. But yeah. Can we talk about the phrase task force? I, I've always been... Been, yeah, uh, don't doesn't fan. it make you think of uh, a line of heavily armed? Right, it like, it, like everybody's got their specialty. You know, there's the yeah. you know the the, the bomb <laughs> specialist and the the sniper. But I also like the phrase because the word task conjures. You know, it's something you have to do, but it's kind of trivial, maybe like a small thing, sort yeah. of meaningless. And then force. Force is a little bit overkill. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they're all they're all going to be like task county. They're all going to visit Lee County next week, and when they get to the county line, they're all going to stop and very dramatically put on their their bandanas and suit up and 
and buckle up the Kevlar and then, you know, walk in slowly. Music plays. Things explode. privacy or anything but i will say that jennifer's father was in the hospital yesterday and it was for something that wasn't uh that wasn't serious it was uh mostly checkups and and it was a very minor thing but they wanted to keep him overnight because of what's going on now uh he did get a covid19 test and he did test negative for it so i can say that but what i wanted to the reason i bring it up is because uh we his wife uh, my mother-in-law and none of us were even allowed to step foot in the hospital. She wasn't allowed to be with him overnight. She wasn't allowed to um, do anything during this whole time. It was very difficult. And it got her to talking about people who have lost loved ones and uh, aren't able to be by their side. It's tough enough when you can't be by somebody's side simply when they're just sitting in a hospital bed waiting for a test. Um, it's even worse when they're you know, dying and you can't be there with them. So we got just a very small taste of of uh, the restrictions put on hospitals at this time. And even when we picked him up today, we um, I was allowed to come in simply to drop off his clothes, a change of clothes, and then we had to wait outside for about an hour until he got discharged. So I know things are reopening, things are getting a little bit back to normal here and there, but still a very serious, very different world inside of our hospitals right now. And uh, they take every precaution to, to make sure, you know, this thing isn't spreading there. So that's good, but wow. yeah. What are we going to do guys? Like is everything, is it ever going to go back to normal? Like after the election, <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan, right? Uh, that's right. <laughs> China's going to come out with the vaccine on November 4th. Oh man. Right. Yeah. I, I even think with the, with the vaccine, I mean, does a flu vaccine prevent the flu? I, again, I'm talking way out of my head here. I have no idea, but you, you say vaccine and you automatically think cure. And maybe a coronavirus vaccine would help you from getting it, but a flu vaccine doesn't keep you from getting the flu all the time. And uh, although I guess polio does keep you from getting polio. So I really don't know what I'm talking about here. But I think just to hear that there's a vaccine on the horizon, maybe that doesn't mean that things will actually get back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about vaccines. I, I'll, I'm sure I'll I get one when there's a safe one available. That's right. That's right. Um, I get a shot. Uh, yeah. I'll get a coronavirus vaccine when there's a safe one available, but Hang on, guys. Uh, my my son Henry's coming here to tell me his room is clean. Hang on one second. What, Henry? Can you give me twenty more minutes of doing this, and then I'll come? No. Can you guys hear him? <laughs> no. Put him on mic. Right. Hey, Henry. He can't hear you, so they said hi, Henry. What are you gonna say? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll, when I'm done with this, Henry, I'll come check your room. All right, buddy. He said, he, what if he just said hi, Henry? And just stared at you. Yeah. <laughs> Check my room. Red rum. <laughs> he does seem like a red rum kid. Donald <laughs> Trump's being treated unfairly. <laughs> <laughs> MAGA. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, um, so what speaking else of Donald on, Trump, did you see where at his at his upcoming rallies? If you want to go, you got to sign a waiver saying that you you won't hold him responsible if you get sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw that. And then there's, you know, the RNC was supposed to be in Charlotte. Does that mean you can sue if you got it at a protest? No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who you sue. That's the whole thing's kind of funny. But maybe they're the legal team is trying to ward off complaints. It's going to be a weird election, huh? With no events and things. I mean, yeah, it is. It's going to be an extremely weird election, but also the weirdness of it 
and the potential of long lines and delays are going to play right into the president's hands of this not being a legitimate election. And I feel like if he loses, he will be the first president in history who will barricade himself in the White House and will not leave <laughs> the bunker. He was down there to inspect. So what are some of the stories uh, that we've see? had on, on the rant since uh since we No, wait, wait, wait. Did you see the did you see Biden was like uh, we never went to the bunker, and Obama never went to the bunker, and you don't have to inspect the bunker. I don't know what the bunker looks like. <laughs> he just happened to be expecting it. The one night, there's a riot outside his, his door or a protest. Mm, how, it's a coincidence. That's bad timing. Yeah. yeah. But I'm bringing up the rant right now to talk about what has been here. and uh, Monday should be interesting. The Board of Commissioners is meeting, and there are a group of citizens who are going to address the board about Kirk Smith's Facebook comments, yeah. which they say are racist, and I think that that will be interesting to watch. Kirk is well known to the rant and a lot of people for his controversial, no holds barred, tells it like he thinks it is kind wasn't of comments. That, wasn't that one of our first rant stories that went a little more statewide was when we wrote about the peanut butter and jelly, or am I misremembering that? I don't remember what the reaction was. For those who was, don't know what I'm talking about, Kirk Smith at a, at a public meeting once suggested that kids who could not afford to buy their lunches just be given a peanut butter jelly sandwich every day. What's funny about that is it's not even in the top 20 of the most ridiculous things he's <laughs> ever said, but it was one that got a lot of attention because you know it just shows how how uh, his lack of compassion and you I know, remember when I first out the poor kids by giving them peanut butter and jelly every day was was just uh, again not shocking coming from him, but it was definitely something that got a lot of a, pe a lot of people's attention. I remember at, after he said that at a follow up meeting that was I think uh, maybe a joint meeting between the board of commissioners and the CCCC trustees. Kirk said something about seeking maybe seeking corporate sponsors to uh, <laughs> to to pay for children's yeah. lunch. Yeah, and John, you said I told you guys, and John said maybe we could ask JFG or Smuckers. <laughs> well, well um, I remember I, you know, I used to be in sports, and the first time I did a news story for the Herald, it was in education, and I was talking to Gordon about it. I remember it was on the mock UN. It was like one oh, yeah. of the first, and I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go to this thing. He's like, oh, good luck with that. And I was like, what? How could that be bad? And it turns yeah. out. Mr. Smith goes to these things and protests. Same experience here. I was uh, one of one of my first um, experiences at the Herald was was one of these mock UN stories, and and I maybe it was the same thing you were covering, John. Someone said, "Well, we have this guy who protests these things," and and I couldn't understand why somebody would protest a mock United Nations, and then the story got much weirder from there. And uh, I think both you and I were equally baffled by what we were. Ex witnessing and experiencing there and then the latest the guy one, got, he got elected to public office multiple times after that so the the, the latest one that I, I haven't seen it with my own eyes but i've heard that he was upset that the boys bathroom at lee early college was painted pink why is it pink i guess i d i want to i want to use our podcast platform and and our dozens of listeners to to say one thing about kirk smith though and i want to thank him because I feel like Kirk Smith, Jim Womack, and a, and a few others are the reason why, A, one of the reasons for my very quick, very sudden move from being a Republican to a Democrat shortly after I moved here. But also, I think that they are mostly responsible for the fact that the local Republican Party is just not very strong here. They don't um, – they haven't held a majority in office here in, and in any of our major – well, well, bodies in a while. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there. They okay. they had a good showing. They had a great showing for them in 2018. Oh, okay, in 20 in, in the last election that we had. Okay. The Republicans do technically hold a majority on the school board, but there is a Democratic chairman because one elected member of the school board, uh, Mr. Stephen Coble, voted with the Democrats to make that happen, and subsequently he was I don't know, somehow like reprimanded or something by the party we, we we wrote about that several months ago you go back to 2011 i think was when uh the last time republicans you said 2018 they had a good year but you go back to 2011 
I think that was the year Mike Stone won uh, his. It was tw- 2010. 2010, okay. Yeah. And uh, Republicans did very well here. And that was kind of when Jim Womack first came on the scene, or shortly after that. And, you know, there was a red tide here. And I think that was all over the nation. I remember reporting on that, too. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's gone considerably downhill, I think, since then. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, middle-of-the-road Republicans. And there are many of them out there. There are Republicans who who have liberal leanings. And I know that that's very frowned upon for these hard-nosed right-wingers. But Jim Womack, Kirk Smith of the world, Sherry Womack have completely lost the middle-of-the-road people. And we've all jumped the fence to Democrat here. And while the fact that we are mostly an evenly split uh, county when it comes to local elections, although Democrats are winning more. But then you see that um, this county still votes Republican for for uh, president mostly. Just shows that the local on the local level that a lot of people who voted for even Trump still didn't vote Republican on the local level here. And that's because I think the local party just doesn't have his act together. And, and if it ever did get its act together, then maybe it would perform better. But uh, the leadership here is just, it's off the rails. And uh, I don't think it's very strong. And I want to thank them for that because uh, it showed me the light. And <laughs> and I think- uh, uh, I think I they're think fairly organized and I think they're raising a lot of money, but I think that the leadership is extreme. Okay, raising money and, and having a lot of meetings is one thing, but, but then picking actually- uh, um, solid candidates for office is is another thing, and and while they have gotten one or two people um, elected in recent years, uh, I think if you look at the overall picture in the last eight years, um, it's been kind of a mess for them. I agree. Okay, good. I also got a uh, somebody tearing down a house. It sounds like just a couple blocks away. I don't know if that's coming across on my mic, but it's kind of uh, frustrating to talk over it, a buzzsaw right now. Is it the house on Hillcrest? No. Hey, speaking of, uh, I have to attend a city council meeting next week to speak on uh, behalf of my community of people who they picked you. Well, no, it's several of us. Um, Yeah, they didn't pick me. I would be a terrible representative to do that. But no, we all get our guy from the rag. Yeah, we all get our time. But um, we're going to talk about uh, apparently there's a real estate agent who is uh, trying to close on this house right now. And I think the community has heard that before, and we want to see this house come down. It's uh, it's a danger. It's going to take six digits to fix the retaining wall out here. It's going to take a lot of money to to make this thing happen, and it's currently on the market for about sixty thousand uh, dollars. I think it would take three times, four times, five times as much as that to actually renovate this house fix the problems with the retaining wall and make it a safe place again. And um, I think the city, which has already voted to tear this thing down, is backtracking because the city sees this cost because they're going to have to do it anyway as a, as a cost they don't want to take on and they want to hand it over to the homeowner. And we think anyone that's going to buy this house and see all the work that needs to be done, they're going to bail out and, uh, we're going to be back right at square one again. So yeah, there's a, that's on the agenda at the next city council meeting. So I'll be there. I don't know if I'm going to report on it or not. I got in trouble for reporting on it last time because <laughs> it brought people's attention to it. <laughs> it was all moving along nicely until I wrote a story on it. Now people want to buy it and things are getting delayed. So my how many months, my how many months ago has that been now? Four or five months ago? Yeah. Yeah. What's the history of that house? Things move. I must say another hot. I, I'm just all sorts of hot opinions right now. Things move slowly when our local officials don't live near a house. <laughs> if this were in other parts of the city, near other people who are elected to offices, homes, I think this house would have been taken down a long time ago because people don't like to see people using this as a home, uh, as a homeless shelter. They don't like uh, people you know, staying in places that are legitimately dangerous to stay in, but um, I'm gonna on you a little bit, Billy. they don't have to see it every day. And I do have to see it every day. And I'm city not count- city councilman. Jimmy Hare lives in that neighborhood. Well, he's not doing a damn thing about it. then, <laughs> And he doesn't see it from his house. I know where his house is. He doesn't have to drive by this if he doesn't want to. And uh, well, I mean, his 
his worries should be more on the the uh, Prince Motel, which always will always have a special place in the rant's heart because that was in our first monthly publication. But um, it's been 14 months since we published that story. And aside from a new coat of paint on the stairs there, I've seen nothing done there. And I think that's maybe <laughs> another thing we need to revisit. What if, what if that was the city's compromise. <laughs> Paint it was stairs. funny. It was funny. It was like two weeks after we did that story, we drive by it and somebody's like repainting the steps red. <laughs> Paint yeah. the stairs myself, and we'll be good. I know. I thought to myself, <laughs> well, okay, they're starting to do some. That is absolutely the only thing they've done to that place since we <laughs> since we did that story. And even that paint's starting to peel now. So yeah, I'm sorry. Still having problems. I'm sorry to our listening audience that comes on here to hear uh, tepid opinions about things that don't matter, but just kind of. I'm upset about things right now, so. He's riled up. It also, it, it also looks like we're getting a new Walgreens. Oh, my God. Gallery. Yeah. I love the real. <laughs> Just trying to move things along. Yeah. Hey, our last podcast by far had the most... Uh, um, response our, our interview with Margaret Murchison because we had a well-respected journalist on it wasn't just, it wasn't just us <laughs> this is true so uh yeah, that was a great interview and I got a lot of good feedback about that and thank you to Margaret for joining us last week so uh can we announce that next week um it's looking like we're going to have former Sanford Herald staff writer and current Cardinal and Pine editor Billy Ball joining us to Does he talk own about that? All the he um he doesn't own it he runs the North Carolina version of that of that newspaper conglomerate he runs it I don't think he owns it though I think it's owned by a a media company which owns similar web based newspapers across the region how can we get in that game (laughs) it's kind of what we tried to do here (laughs) (laughs) can we start affiliates uh we can yeah let's do that we have to find people who share our acerbic we could get ben, ben to do yeah. one in Raleigh, and then we could get Ben would be a great one. Yeah, he can start the Smithfield rant. Hey, there you go. Let's hmm. do it. Franchise. Franchise. Oh, we can, we be can, like little McDonald's everywhere. We can, the three of us can meet in downtown Sanford and walk three days east, west, and south. And wherever we land, we start a rant there. We should start one in Sour City and Cary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cary would be a good one. Or maybe Apex. Is that a three-day walk? I'm think I'm thinking smaller communities like Mamers, Mamers, and Robins. Or, I could do Robins. Robins rant. Well, Gordon, Hi. I have a I have a special surprise for you today. Um, thing I don't know if it was our last podcast or the one before that, but you, is it a surprise? Uh, it's not a surprise. You know it's coming. You fulfilled my request. I fulfilled your request. You. I was talking about learning the ukulele with my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, Haley. And so you said, hey, let me send you an Ord Patrol song. And if you guys can learn the chords, um, I'd love to hear Haley perform it. So uh, I performed it with her. um, And she says we have 10 minutes left. That's fine. Um, I performed it with her, although she did the majority of the singing. Her her ukulele skills are still coming along. So it's a mess. I'm going to tell you it's a mess, but it's cute. It's cute, and uh, and this is our tribute to Ort Patrol. All right, can you guys see the thing here? Yeah. All right, so this is uh, this is a song called "Attack of the Nos Rednas. And Gordon, um, if you want to play a little bit of the original first, like right now, and then uh, um, just you know thirty seconds of it or so, and then we'll play our version of it. I know you don't have it ready, but you can go back. I next do time. not. Okay. I'm excited. All right, this so is the here's first time I've ever been covered. <laughs> You're going to be so disappointed in this, but uh, uh, I will say Haley loves your song, Aww. and she asked to hear more, and uh, now she wants to cover Second Contact or uh, Another Tailored Suit. She liked all that, although she did say one thing. She said all of his songs sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, when I did that record. That was kind of the idea. It's oh, like yeah. 10 songs and they all well, I said, pretty you, much do the you same gotta thing. You got to listen to them. And, oh, I, I played Soul Force 1 for her. 
and she liked that one too, although we don't think we can duplicate the sound on that one. So anyways, here's Attack of the Nosrednas by 10-year-old Haley Liggett with her father, Billy, accompanying. This is Gordon. I'm just popping in here after the fact to say that I will put the original version of the song at the end of this episode. Meanwhile, enjoy Haley Liggett's version of Attack of the Nosrednas. That's better. <laughs> yeah, I messed up the two at the end. No, it's fine. Bravo. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Bravo. That's. <Haley> <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Yeah, she's she's got Haley, a good voice. Yeah, she has a nice voice and she yeah. can sing. She loves two different things, you know, having a nice voice and being able to sing. No compliments for you, Billy, but she no, she did great. No, I was simply there to uh, to move it along. Um, she. Uh, um, she wanted to. I wanted her to do the original Nas Rednas, and then I do the Echo. But she liked doing the Echo for some reason, so that's why she did that, or the callback, or the answer, or whatever you call it in a song. But, uh, um, but yeah, what's, response. It's an what's old that story trick. about? On response. What's that song about, <clears throat> Gordon? The song's it's, about. I know old. it's your name backwards. Yeah, Nas Rednas Anderson backwards. Yeah, but I. It was about my old neighbors who I, I you know, I probably imagined it, but I guess it's about they, me, they, right? were, they were judging me for the state of, of my lawn. Oh, it's about but, me, right? But the rest of the album had kind of a science fiction theme. Mm -hmm. So I thought Nos Rednas could possibly sound like the name of an alien race that was yeah. invading. It's funny you had called. You should me. do one. No, go ahead. No, sorry. You called me the other day, and you know, in your car, sometimes your most recent calls show up on your, on your dashboard, or your screen, whatever. And Haley's in the back seat, and all of a sudden she goes, "Oh," I said, "What?" She goes, "It's Anderson backwards." Because <laughs> <laughs> she saw your name nice. on the on the call thing, and so I said, "Yeah, you you got it." You should do Perfect. a song called "Heating Up a Pizza." <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah um i know it sounds it sounds a lot different uh than the way you did it first off but also the chords were different because uh not to get too technical but you gave me an e chord and a c sharp or something and the e chord is perhaps the most difficult chord to reach on a ukulele mm -hmm. and so we went we went uh f c c minor f on it and uh and also, you need bigger hands. I, well, I couldn't shut up. I, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, 
I had to use chords that only use two fingers for Haley because she's she's uh, learning. So I thought her yeah, playing was fine. Yeah, it was good. You could hear the chords and yeah, you weren't a lot of that. Really a lot of that was me as well. But when we tried tune to in next, together, we weren't always on. We weren't always on the same beat. But uh, she did a great job, and she loves learning music and learning this instrument. And uh, I think she actually learned a little bit about <laughs> songwriting then Aww. because. She actually she got the point of your story that you were saying, and um, when I told her she had to pick, because you have like you have like twelve or sixteen verses in there, I told her she could only pick eight to make the song shorter, and those were the eight that she picked, and she felt like those were her favorite lyrics in it. So she she distilled the song to its essence. Yeah, pretty much. It so. need, I mean, it, it needed editing. <laughs> <laughs> in all truth. It, no, tune in next week when Originally, my daughter it's a, and I it's a nine minute song. <laughs> yeah. Tune in next week when my daughter and I do an accordion song. All right. Return of the Mac on the accordion. I would love to hear that. Former boss uh, Bill Horner today um, commended his son for getting a new job with Chatham County. Congratulations, Zach! Uh, but it was funny for us because in his in his post about it, he said Zach is one of the his son Zachary is one of the top three journalists he's ever worked with. Which, if you do the math, means of the three of us, at one least of us one of us got to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dog. sorry, you guys. There's a deer running. You guys got to go. <laughs> Oh my God, every sound in the world is going on right now. I've got a garbage <laughs> truck. I've got two dogs barking at a deer. It's because you, you talk junk about your former. No, no, I'm not talking junk about them. I, I, like I said, um, I'm, I'm happy for, uh, for uh, Bill Horner and his son, Zach. I think that's great. And uh, we just thought it was funny because he said one of the top three journalists. And, uh, and hell, all three of us may not have ever made that list because there's, uh, you know, well, that's, a lot of That's preposterous. But, but if you do the math, it does mean at least one of us is out of that scenario. Oh. <laughs> well, I've had at least two great bosses in my time. Where did, where did you go after the Herald, John? Straight to where you are now, or did you? Yeah. No, I went okay. straight. So you've been I've there for seven, eight years. years. Yeah. Seven and a half, yeah. It'll How be, long have you been at the Campbell? It'll be nine years in August. That's pretty crazy, huh? You just think back, like. It's by far the longest job I've ever had. It's way longer than you were ever at the Herald. No, I was pretty, yeah, it's double. Yeah. I was there four and a half years, actually. Remember, I do remember after my first, first year anniversary at Campbell, I wrote a column for the rant about how I was so glad to be out of newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> it did not go over well with the newspaper community. Really? <laughs> the, lo the local newspaper community. <laughs> the aforementioned guy <laughs> whose son just got a job. Yeah, he wasn't happy. It was also because I I said that circulation was declining, and well, at least he read it. At least he thanks. Read you it. should have just wrote thanks for reading. Well, uh, that does go back to uh, our guest for next week, Billy Ball. I do want to ask him about his thoughts about the newspaper industry. Uh, like us, he's entering a a whole um, new world. Well, but a form of journalism that is completely different than the the typical daily newspaper. I picked up a Herald today, actually. I was at, when I was at the hospital, I picked up a Herald that was at the front lobby. And uh, I, I don't mean this to sound bad. I read the Herald online, but this was the first time I'd actually picked up a copy in a long time. And it was eight pages. Eight, and that was it. That was the entire paper, eight pages. Two thoughts. And it's really like, it's like seven and three-fourths. It got a big, like a fourth out of it out of the top. That's true. Yeah, just like a big blank spot. What and is then, that? All and about? then you have all that room for for classifieds. And oh, and uh, of those eight pages, a whole page dedicated to comics. Which mm -hmm. you know, if you're going to cut well something out of the newspaper, I would. No, we we know how hard that is. I, know. Yeah. I mean, you got to give the them other that thing. One. I, I read where the am I? How else am I going to find out where, what Funky Winkerbean's up to? I People to really look, get mad about that for real. I used to love the funnies. I was reading them today, and I didn't get nary a chuckle from anything i read today and then i like blondie is the same joke it was 20 years ago 
Dagwood's and, making another sandwich. Yeah, Dagwood's making a sandwich. <laughs> Hagar is still beating his wife, and or no way, that, that's Andy, Andy Cap. <laughs> what? Really? Does, does did, the Herald have Andy Cap? No, no. I think Marmaduke, Hagar the Horrible. I think they have. There's nothing new in there. There, there. I think there was one new one. I don't remember the name of it, but. They still have the family circus. They still yeah. have uh, the kid from Zitz has been in high school for like twenty years. <laughs> Did, didn't one of you get a call one time? It's like, where's my Marmaduke? Oh my goodness! Yeah, we did at the Herald one one year. We uh, we decided to we had to cut go down from two pages to one. I think I did. The Herald used to have two full pages. You did of some kind of survey of of what comics people liked and it, yeah. it did anarchy in the streets well remember we we, <laughs> we we tried to cut prince valiant that was the one i would go to my deathbed saying prince valiant is the absolute worst comic ever made it's just terrible it's just terrible and uh, so we were going to cut that i didn't find any value in it and you would think that i renounced christianity or something by doing that yeah i had never gotten so much response i think we ended up bringing it back I think we even put it on the front page that Prince Valiant was back. Prince the Valiant, Valiant return of yeah. Valiant. Prince let's Valiant, talk about Valiant back trailblazers to close. <laughs> oh, let's talk about crazy stories from our time. Uh, remember Jesus Crust? Remember that oh, story? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were going to put was a pizza that place. Name? Was that the name of it? Yeah, they were going to put or a pizza place headline? on Moore Street called, they were going to call it Jesus Crust Pizza. And <laughs> People did not like that. No. Not only did it not open with that name, the place never opened at all. Yeah. Uh, I know I've said this before. The The very first story you guys ever did when I joined the Herald was they got rid of smoking section at the dairy bar. And mm-hmm. to think about the fact that only 12, 13 years ago, they still had smoking sections in restaurants is a bit, Man. seems like a, such a long time ago. And it was a big deal when it happened, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They did that yeah. before they banned it in North Carolina. The dairy bar was ahead of the curve on that, and I, I think they were happy with their decision. I remember we uh, one of the probably the I'm not gonna say it was the most fun. It was the most challenging story we ever did was when our school superintendent got busted doing nefarious acts. Allegedly. Oh, that was a, that was one of our favorites. Allegedly with a uh, with a teacher and. Those were some those were some crazy times covering that stuff. <laughs> what was your favorite story you ever wrote? I think mine was the uh, Pittsburgh courthouse fire. I liked writing that stuff. Oh yeah, you got a big Remember award that? for that, didn't you? I like that one. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't know. My I really favorite don't know. story I ever wrote. The greatest story ever told by Gordon. I remember my your J- Jimmy Fraley stories. My favorite story Jimmy was... Fraley. Well, last one pass that name. Well, who's he? He He's was a guy who out in the lived out in the Lemon lives as far as I know out in the Lemon Springs area, and he was instrumental with a group called CAD Citizens Against Drugs, and they they were a group of citizens out in Lemon Springs, and they were against drugs, and they made a big deal about how the sheriff's administration at the time it was Sheriff Billy Bryant was not doing enough to address drugs in that community. And then CAD pretty much went away after Tracy Carter was elected. Speaking of Tracy, I don't know if Gordon wrote this or if one of us did. Um, it was uh, when Tracy decided to not endorse the Republicans. That was that story went over big. I don't remember that one. That might have been yeah. after I left the paper. Yeah, that was a big story. Uh, I know... Um, the story, the stuff we did on natural gas was fun. The tornado was fun. Um, my favorite story was probably editor leaving Harold for new job. <laughs> <laughs> did you write a story about that? Remember when uh, we had, uh, I think it was Faith, uh, one of our reporters, Faith, uh, did a review on a temple show, Little Women. And the headline, we I... went, the headline uh, Jonathan wrote, right? Yeah, a little disappointing. A little disappointing. <laughs> That's some hard-hitting journalism, though. Why, everybody we, why can't hit, we run that story? Everybody hit, hit, hated me for that. <laughs> I, I loved it because I know we're supposed to be a, a, a champion for all things local, but 
you know, they, <laughs> did, they did bring us out there to review the show, right? <laughs> you I, don't can't. Even know, I don't even know if the rant would have the, the guts to do a negative review on a show like that because Faith, you know, did, advertising did, plays a lot into the way, you know, yeah. stuff rolls. And, and damn it, if we didn't just come out with a <laughs> show sucks story. <laughs> Remember that time I wrote the editorial and said, oh, I don't know if if <laughs> kangaroos are overcharging. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you said <laughs> something about, like, they're overcharging for gas, but you said the rumors yeah, about and, that, and you didn't even address whether they were true or not. And Yeah, I, 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 that was, like, the point, that, like, we can't check the – I mean, you know, like, how would we ever know? <laughs> right. But yeah, they, they got really mad. I think they pulled the paper for a while, didn't they? I think they said they were gonna, I wasn't privy to the, those uh, meetings. I Sharon, just you Sharon Harris nuclear plant got mad because I compared their control room to the Simpson. Simpson <laughs> Lord, they said we've been spending years trying to distance ourselves from that. <laughs> and then you guys went. And then on he like turns a, around and he has yeah. a little neutron on his back. Yeah, I remember after that, you guys they gave you a big tour and. Oh yeah. If, if you two didn't come back spewing talking points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey man. Um, I mean, I'm not really against did. nuclear power. I just But no, it really did look like Simpsons. Well, Jonathan and I came out of there going, Yeah, nuclear power, man. That's yes. Yeah. That's, that's the way of the future. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with nuclear power? <laughs> I, I don't my sister works in or you worked in nuclear power. She she's a very hard nosed liberal, yet she would she would tow the company line on nuclear power, though. She uh, she loved that stuff. Paid well. True soldier, huh? <laughs> Their money spill, spins well. It does. Wow, it was only four years, but um, seems like we did a ton, ton of stuff. And we did, man. That was fun. It's all forgotten. Go, going back to the uh, story about former Lee County School Superintendent Dr. Jim McCormick. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring his name up, but okay. Oh, man, yeah. Well, so after he resigned from that job for getting a little too friendly with the help he was sued by his mistress's former husband for what's alienation, that, what's alienation yeah okay and i rode chelsea the education reporter over to the courthouse to help her get the find the complaint and we got it and we looked at it and i was like wow you got a big story and then <laughs> we got back in the car and drove back to the newsroom and i looked at her and i was like how does it feel to have a man's career in your hands? <laughs> and she, like her face went white. But I mean, that was a, that was a, a big, big story. And then we the lost, the lawsuit was dismissed. That. I thought you were going to end that by saying we never ran that story. No, we did. Okay. And she, I remember that she called him for comment, and that's how he found out about the lawsuit. Oh, geez. Oh, man. <laughs> Fun yeah. times. Chelsea. Now, back to our aforementioned boss. So we, there were a lot of good stories that, that uh we had a hard time getting seeing the light of day we had to do a lot of convincing often he had our back sometimes he did not it, it's just funny we we none of us were made very much money there um i know uh you guys and john until you became an editor it, it was even more difficult but even the editors didn't make very much money there as many hours as we put into that job and as much effort as we put into that job just kind of ridiculous yeah the, uh, the, the payoff just looking back it's like your whole life for what eight years or whatever like we didn't do much else john wasn't there a time when you were editor and they were you weren't there because you were getting married and they were putting the paper to bed and they had a problem <laughs> called you as you, were, oh, Lord. as you were getting married yes that happened <laughs> oh my god dogs so yeah so we're uh I was not the editor then. I was still whatever. But Billy had left. I was walking down. No, I was standing there at the, you know, at the altar, whatever it is. <laughs> and my phone goes off in my pocket. And it's like all these questions about, because they printed off site then. And you had your phone on while you're getting married? I don't, had, I guess I did. You had to check yeah. the scores, man. Well, I mean, you so, never know. You might get fired if you're not. Scrolling Twitter. <laughs> it was about two it's or three weeks. forever. Two or three weeks after I left the Herald, I got a call from Durham one night asking why our pages weren't there. <laughs> I said, "Hey, man, that's I still, on me." <laughs> so, yeah. like, 
three or four years ago, I got a call from a coach about a score. I'm like, <laughs> no, I haven't been there in five years, coach. You haven't really been calling in, have you? Do you guys Who have I been talking stars? to all this time? <laughs> Do you guys, I mean, none of us have been there in eight, nine, ten years now. Do you guys still get stopped by people that only know you from the Herald? Like, maybe they're not real familiar with the rant, and they say, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I, I get a lot of that here. I don't get people, that so much as I get people when I introduce myself. They're like, where do I, where do I know your name from? I, I wrote for the, my name was in the newspaper every day for eight years. Yeah. We can, go, we can oh, talk yeah. about this. We can talk about this more next week, but just the, the daily newspaper in general, I know we've, we've gone down this, this path here, just the daily newspaper in general. Um, it was dying when we left and uh, the numbers, and I'm not just talking about the Herald. I'm talking about just daily newspapers in general. Um, the numbers continue to, to go down, although online readership goes up. The only problem is, is online advertising doesn't doesn't uh, fund the staff but, that the print used to. But we say that owning a newspaper, you know, like I don't think it'll ever just die. We I think we've created you know, a new metric, you know, a new it is a, way of yeah, doing it. But but even the way we're doing it is not um, isn't you know we're all able to do this. And yet, still have other jobs. Though we're yeah. not, you know, this isn't our our sole source of income. But maybe one day it can be, and maybe we're we haven't found that the way to do that just yet. Once That'd a month nice. is tough to do. I, I think the key for us is that I don't look at us as a newspaper or a website or a podcast. And I've probably said this on here before, but yeah, last week rant is a is an outlet. You know, yeah, it's and, and that's I think the way to that, that's the way that people need to organizations need to approach it because not everybody gets the newspaper anymore not everybody wants their news online you have to be flexible and you have to have different lanes for different types of, of information i do want to bring up one other thing i've been watching the 13th on uh on netflix it's the documentary about the prison system and how yeah. it's been uh how it's been unfairly how, how you know black americans have been unfairly What's the word I'm looking for? Just incarcerated. Incarcerated. Thank you. By the by, but it's just overall how it's not been good for Black people. There, I'll say it like that. Um, but I'll go back to diversity training I took when I worked in Gannett back in the mid aughts, and it was they were ahead of the game there when they were telling us about crime stories and how to how to be. Can you help me? Goodness, that's Henry. Oh God. <laughs> to be. How to be fair to everybody, and um, and how racially charged language in in your stories. You're not, you don't mean to do it, but for example, um, you would say in a story about someone who was arrested that he was a 21 year old black male. Yet rarely would that same reporter say a 21 year old white male. You would say a 21 year old man. Yeah. And and how the, just the, even the term black male has has a negative connotation. And this was stuff that they were teaching us back in the aughts and um, it was stuff when I got to the Herald that was, that was uh, still important to me. It was important when I was in Louisiana. Um, I bring it all up now is because I still see in the newspaper uh, racially charged language like that. But I will say I saw that Gannett just uh, passed a, a internal bylaw that they're no longer going to run mugshot pages because um, what good does that do for the people who are on those pages? It does absolutely no good for them. It ends up on the internet. Those people's lives are ruined with a simple Google search. Says I hope newspapers are starting to get the get the message yeah. here that uh, that what goes in the newspaper is important. Is this the part where we talk about the headlines on the old heralds we found? Back yeah, in the we day? can do that. But <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's not. Let's not I'm, talk about this. This is also the part where I tell you guys I have seven percent battery life on my laptop, so we're uh, we're probably have to wrap it up here in a second. <laughs> wrap it up, B. So, yeah, well, I don't have anything. You else. guys each had a story about getting a call after you left the Herald, and I have one too. After you relieved me of duty, Billy, there were <laughs> three, four times. I fired that, you, didn't I? Yeah. The, yeah, I like to bring that up. I know, I but do. there were three, four times where you called me to ask me for a number in my Rolodex, uh, <laughs> and I finally said, "Look, don't take this the wrong way, but this is probably the last time I'm gonna 
give you a number out of the Rolodex I spent eight years building. And you were like, all right. Yeah, well, I just wanted to hear your voice. I, did, I didn't even really need the numbers. I, I, I knew. <laughs> I read the paper the next day, and there were no quotes from the sources you were asking for. I, I knew, Billy. Wow, that was kind of a jerk move on my part to do that, wasn't it? <laughs> kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Well, speaking of hearing our voices, this is it for this week. Uh, not a bad 45-minute podcast for coming in with uh, without a guest this week. So congratulations, gentlemen. Thank you. Yes, sir. the licensing on your song because i think Haley wants to go uh wants to go record it the licensing yeah do we need to do we owe you like ten thousand dollars 